Praise the Lord, everybody. We welcome you to our prayer service tonight. We're excited for all the wonderful things that the Lord's going to do in this place tonight. For all of you that are joining us by live stream, we welcome you. And we're anticipating the Spirit of God to move in this place to help us to pray that we can go ahead and join forces with Him in prayer and get done what needs to get done. Hallelujah in this place tonight. Get done what needs to get done in the Spirit tonight. So we encourage you to join us in worship, join us in the Word and in prayer. And we will see God do wonderful things. Hallelujah.
death for eternal life but the cross has a final word are you glad are you glad tonight hallelujah we're so grateful for the cross we're so grateful for everything that was done and accomplished for us there we would have no hope without it come on somebody give God some praise tonight for what Jesus did for us hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. Oh, yes, it was there by faith. I received.
night prayer meeting those of you that are here with us and have braved the cold to come out and those of you that are nice and toasty at home watching or wherever you are um, we still love you and uh, encourage you to not be a spectator tonight not just watch a service this is a prayer meeting and this is the most spiritual thing we do as a church and we do as believers is when we come together we literally lay our lives down to pray for the needs of other people. And as we do, God is able to bless us. So we're glad you've all joined us tonight. Um, just a couple of announcements. I want to encourage 
Uh, men, we have, still have openings, plenty of openings for Friday night for our, uh, our meeting, our night felt men's fellowship meeting, which is Friday night. We're going to watch a video and have a breakout session, have a chance to really connect with one another and support one another. This is a time when we really are discovering what the Bible's taught all along, that, that the real effective ministry comes from within the body, one of us, us to one another. And especially as we go through these challenging times where we tend to be isolated and we face the prospect now of maybe some more isolation, it's so important that we have these connections. And so that's one of the reasons why we're doing that uh, from Friday night. So if you want to be part of it, we do need you to register. There's, um, you can go to the website and there's an Ignite uh, button that you can click and you can go on there and you can register. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on Friday night. Just an announcement, next Wednesday night, uh, next, next Thursday is a week from tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Boy, is that hard to believe. That's come along this fast. And we have a tradition here that on the night before um, that we have a time for testimonies and for sharing. And we're going to do that this year, and we're going to open it up and do it also. Uh, we're going to be live streaming it. And I really want to focus in this time, this year that's been so challenging and, and so difficult, and we're not out of it yet. We're still facing challenges, and we don't know all that the future is going to mean for us, at least in the near future. It's so important to be thankful. It's so important to look at and to hear from others what God has done, because in the midst of these challenging times, God is doing some great and amazing things. And as we look at the news and we listen to this, and some of you are on social media sharing all this wonderful news back and forth with each other, um, and I mean that sarcastically, uh, uh, we need to focus on what God is doing because God is working in people's lives. And so we're going to focus on that next Wednesday night. So if you can come, we really appreciate you coming. You'll have a chance to share. But if you're watching online, you'll be encouraged, and we may even give you a way to, to share some things. We'll see. We're working on some things. So that's what's, that's what's coming up, and I encourage you to be part of that. So we're going to, this is our prayer night. We used to have, for a long time, we had as our practice, we took the first Wednesday night of the, of the month and do, de- dedicated to prayer, and then the other three were primarily teaching sessions. This church has always had a strong Wednesday night uh, Bible study, and that's been one of the mainstays. But I really felt when we were going through this, when it started, that we really needed to focus on prayer. And I'm glad we have. And I'm finding in my own life, and I'm finding in what I believe God wants to take this church, and I'm sure many others, as we go into this next year, I really believe God wants to call this church together into inter- intercessory prayer. And we have, a number, we have a prayer ministry here, and they're very good and very committed to it. But by and large, the church itself is not engaged in it. And we have many things going on in our lives. We're very busy people. But what many of us experience as we've gone through this time is that people are shut up in their homes in ways we can't do some things we used to do, uh, although there's been more freedom this summer. Uh, now uh, we are facing the prospect of some, some uh, contraction on our freedom again. And so it, it's important that we learn to pray. Oftentimes in these difficult times, in this pandemic and everything else that's going on, we as Christians and as the church can feel 
helpless and powerless. And I'm sure many people out there are feeling very helpless and powerless. We put our trust and confidence in our doctors, our medical team, and and the researchers, and they're very committed and dedicated to that. But they're limited in what they can know, and very often we just we feel like there's nothing we can do. And yet as Christians, the most important and most powerful thing we can do, we have something we can do as Christians that's infinitely more powerful than all the research teams, the people with the doctorates and all the immunologists and all the rest of those itsonologists. We have prayer. We have, uh, we have the opportunity to come together and make a connection with Almighty God who can and is ready to do miraculous things in this earth, in our lives, in the church, in this nation, in this country. And so we need to learn to pray. And I want to share with you a little bit of kind of the journey that I've been going on in my own prayer life. I've always, I've always prayed. I've always spent time in the morning. But to, uh, to be frank with you, intercession has not been a priority. In me. I'll pray for people. I'll pray for situations. But it's always been a work. It's something that I need to do. I'll go through a list of people I should be praying for. And then what tends to happen is after a while, you don't see results. You kind of tend to forget about it, and you go on and pray for other things. And God has really been drawing me into this. And I want to share with you uh, part of what I'm growing in and what I'm learning that maybe it will encourage you and challenge you. Uh, But it's really important. I think the theme for next year, one of the themes for next year is going to be prayer. And it's the, again, it's the most important thing that we can do. So I want to talk a little bit about what Jesus talked to us about prayer. And just a couple of things I want to share with you and then something about that. And then we'll go about doing what it is we're here to do. At the beginning of Jesus's ministry, after he had called those 12 disciples to him, and again, there was a large group that followed him, uh, he went out to this hill, mountain, and, and he was talking to people. And then when he finished, he went back up the hill and his disciples came up to talk with him. And that's where, starting in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus preaches what we call the Sermon on the Mount. If you look carefully at the beginning, he's not preaching this to the crowd. He's preaching this to those that came up to ask him what he was talking about. And so we're going to pick up where he begins to talk a little bit about, about prayer. And this is in Matthew 6, we're going to just pick up in verse 8, which is the Lord's Prayer. Because his disciples came to him, and they they asked this question. God doesn't mind it. In fact, he's pleased when we're just honest with him. I don't know how to do this. And maybe you've been a Christian for years, and you just, I really don't know how to intercede. Really to effective intercession that changes things. Intercession is powerful. I've, I've read stories of how groups got together in England at the beginning of World War II and just began to commit themselves to pray. And I believe that's one of the reasons that that England was spared and came out of it. And if you studied World War II and any of these world wars, uh, even I was thinking of the Revolutionary War, there are things that happened that shouldn't have happened that produced those results. And I'm absolutely convinced it's because people were praying. And there's some revivals that have come out of that prayer that people prayed for their nation. And, but it takes committed, a commitment to pray. And as we begin to do that, it becomes contagious. And it begins to grow. And it doesn't, there was a major revival that broke out in, in, the, in the 19th century, in the 
19th century in New York. And it started with just three or four people at their lunch hour gathering in their church to begin to pray. And God began to move out of that. And it began to be thousands would gather on, on, at noontime in New York City to begin to pray. And a great outpouring of God's spirit came out of that and get beyond our own resources and our ability to do it. So the disciples came to him and they asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And the answer Jesus gave them, we call the Lord's Prayer. But I want to just focus on, on two verses in this. In verse 8, he says, Therefore do not be like them, referring to the Gentiles. For your Father knows the things you need of before you ask Him. So first of all, we're about to talk to our Father. This is not just God. This is God who is our Father. We're in this room right now, and I am assuming most of you that are watching and participating online, we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So the Bible says God is our Father. We call Him Abba Father. Abba is an Aramaic word for Daddy. And so Jesus told us to talk to this God that the Jews called, they wouldn't even pronounce His name, and to call Him Father. For your Father knows the things you need before you ask. In this manner, therefore, prayer, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. And then the next thing he prays, which is where we're going to stop, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus is teaching his disciples the key to prayer starts out by humbling yourself and submitting your will to God's will. We've talked about this before. Why do we have to pray? Why, do, why does God need... If God's all-powerful, why can't God just stop this pandemic? Why can't God just turn this nation around? Why can't God just save people? And I don't want to go back over the teaching because I did this a month or so ago. But when God created this earth and put man here, He gave this man, He delegated to this man the authority that of His authority over this earth. And when, when Adam and Eve turned around and rebelled and, and basically turned this earth over to Satan, who is now the God of this earth, they, 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 God didn't take that authority back. But when Jesus came, He came to get that authority back and give it back to God's people. But God still has to move through us asking Him. So we're asking Him things He already wants to do, and we're basically authorizing God to do, to use His power and to use His authority in the earth. But that means we're necessary for God to do what He wants to do. So things we're going to pray about tonight and things you're praying about is to begin to realize God needs you to pray. Now what's been transforming my prayer life, my intercessory prayer life, is to be aware that God is right here with me and He's waiting and He and I, are, God and I are doing this Together, it's a partnership. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9, that we are co-laborers together with Christ. God is a co-laborer with you. He's called you to be a co-laborer, to work with Him with the things He wants to do. And there are ways we labor with Him by what I'm doing now, various ways you can serve Him. But the most powerful, most critical, most important way we work together with God is praying for the needs of other people. And by doing that, we're authorizing God to work in their lives. Well, that I've known. 
But what Jesus is saying here, he's saying the key is your kingdom come and your will be done. So what I'm learning is when I pray for someone is instead of just launching off into what I think God ought to do for them, I begin to talk to him about what he wants to do in that situation. So many of the times, I think, as Christians, when we find a need, and we get these prayer chains and things on you know, social media, please pray for so-and-so, and all these situations, and we all come together, and we start, we start throwing scriptures at them, and we start praying, but we very rarely ask God what's His will in this situation. And in many cases, we can know His will because if somebody's sick, we know God wants to heal them because that's God's will. But we, 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 what God showed, he says, he says, Son, you just rush off and you start throwing prayers at that situation, but you never engage with me in praying for them. I hope I can make this clear to you tonight because it's been so powerful. So I begin to pray for somebody and I begin to just, Lord, talk to God about them. And as I do, the Holy Spirit begins to bring up in me God's heart about that situation. When you're praying for the lost, what really gives you a passion for praying for the lost is when you begin to get a feeling in your own heart of what God feels about that lost person and how much he's yearning for them. Now your heart is connected with his heart in that situation and you'll lose track. That's not work when you begin to do that. So Jesus is teaching them. But in order to do that, you have to be willing to adjust your will, what you think, to what he wants done. And, 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 and even if you, what you want and what he wants are the same thing, it's learning to pray because he wants it done. And when you begin to sense what he wants done in that situation, now there's a confidence in praying. And what I just describe is, it's like you and God are connected together in praying over that situation. You've now got His power, His anointing behind that prayer. So when when I'm working on a message and trying to prepare a message, my prayer is always, God, I I don't want to preach anything that you don't put in my heart to share or to teach. And I want to make sure that it's you speaking through me. And that's where the anointing and that's where the power comes when I do that because there's a confidence when God is working through you to do something. But it begins by realizing He needs you so He can work through that situation. But you need Him working with you instead of just throwing prayers at a situation, which is so often, so often what we do. So it's, it's bringing our will about that situation submitted under God's will so that he's working his will through you. You say, well, pastor, what about situations where you don't know what his will is? Talk to him about it. He may well show you what his will is. And even if he doesn't or if you don't sense it, we have a scripture that covers that. And it's, it's Romans 8.26, which says when we don't know, literally in the Greek it says when we don't know the what to pray. We don't know what to pray about this situation. We have a helper because the Holy Spirit is in you, literally in the Greek it says, to take hold together with you against that situation. And he prays the perfect will of God. So we can have confidence in this. The second scripture that I wanted to show, lead you, uh, show you, which is at the end of his ministry, which is when Jesus, we're going to go to Matthew 26. 
Now, this is where Jesus has finished speaking with the disciples. Now, we're just going to pick up in verse 26. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. He's, he's about to go to the cross. He's finished his last instructions with them, and now he's about to go to the cross. And he said to the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Now, isn't it interesting? The last thing that Jesus does before he goes to the cross is to pray. The last thing he does when he leaves his disciples, when he's been meeting with them, we talked about this Sunday, is he prayed. And the last thing he does, now this is personal for him. It's no longer for the disciples. It's no longer for us. This is Jesus talking with his father right at the, at the very verge of his arrest and his going through his suffering on that cross for us. And so look what Jesus does. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't talk to a bunch of people. He doesn't get a bunch of people together to encourage him. He doesn't go on Facebook and say, what do you think? He, 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 he gets in the, his Father's presence, and he becomes very real with his fathers. But notice this. He, he wants these disciples around him or near him. So he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. That's James and John. Because so they're the closest ones to him of this inner circle. I don't want to get distracted by this. But one of the things I think we forget about Jesus is he was human. Yes, he was God, but he was all, also all human. And so he wanted companionship. He wanted people with him while he began to talk to his father. And so that tells us that we need each other even in prayer. This is why coming together like this is important. Yes, you could all pray in your prayer card, but there's, there's a synergy. There's a spiritual energy that takes place when we pray together, when we come together in prayer. And then what he did is he, he took them with him. And it says he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed because he's facing a horrible death. But he's not just facing a horrible death. He's then going to take upon himself the sin of the world and bear the weight and the guilt and the punishment for that sin. And so he's, this is the human side of him. He's sorrowful. He's deeply distressed. And he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went on a little farther and he fell on his face and prayed. Now look at what he's praying. He's now facing this. And he's, he's going to cry out to God out of his heart, out of his, the reality of what he's facing. And he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Is there any other way that we can do what you want done and I don't have to go through this? And then he settles this, but not as I will, as you will. So in the reality of what he's facing, as he's praying for strength and help, he's asking if there's some other way, and then what he does is he brings his will under the Father's will. And then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to them, Peter, what? Couldn't you watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. There again, he's a message there. He says, if you want to overcome temptation, if you want to overcome fear, because 
we're facing challenges right now as this thing ramps back up again. And, and, and tied along with this, Satan wants to sow fear in our hearts. As we see news reports of more people catching this and, and news reports of what might happen, tied to those reports, Satan wants to sow the seeds of fear into our hearts. And notice how Jesus dealt with that and how Jesus taught his disciples to deal with that. It's by prayer. It's by getting into your Father's presence. It's by opening your heart to Him and spending time with Him because as you do that, it's very hard to come away from spending real time with God and be afraid because He grounds you. He gives you stability. He gives you the right perspective that all of this is temporary anyway and He is the Eternal One. And when, you're, when you've come out from time with Him, you know He's right there with you. Now, he's there with you anyway, but when we're not talking to him and when we're not listening to him and we're not seeking with our heart, we're not aware that he's there. And so Jesus is saying to them, can't you watch and pray with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. Verse 42. Then a second time he went away praying and saying, "My oh, Father, If this cup cannot pass from me unless I drink it, then your will be done. He's working this out in prayer with his Father, but his answer is always to bring his will under the Father's will. Now, what he's praying for here is he's praying, because I used to read this, and and, and I'd read commentaries that say, I think it talks about in Hebrews, I can't remember whether it's five or seven, it says God answered his prayer. Well, no, wait a minute. Jesus' prayer was that I don't have to go through this. And yet the Bible says God answered his prayer. God answered his prayer by successfully bringing him through it because it was the Father's will that he go through that. And the reason it was the Father's will that he go through that was you and me. There was no other way. for Him to redeem you and me and to redeem mankind without bearing, personally bearing, in His body and in His soul, in His spirit, the weight of the sin of the world and pay the price. There was no other way. But by submitting His will to His Father's will, He was able to allow the Father to work that process through for Him. And so that same principle is true. Now he did it a third time. Verse 44. And he left them and went away again and prayed a third time, saying the words, same words. And then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise and let us be going See, my betrayer is at hand. So, intercession is praying along with God for His will and His purpose in that situation. Again, we're co-laborers with Him. He needs us to pray so that His will can be done, but He can't do that unless we bring our will under His will. And we ask Him, what do you want in that situation? And we empty ourselves of our own plans and our own agendas. 
Because sometimes, many times, we have our own idea of what we want, to do, what want done in a situation. Sometimes you may be praying for somebody and you really don't like them. Remember Jesus said, pray for those that despitefully use you? Well, you know, it's, we want to pray for them. God, okay, I'm praying for them. And what I'm praying for them is you get them. <laughs> That's not God's will in that situation. And as you do this, you'll get to know his heart better. As I've started to pray for people that, that have, have caused trouble for me, as I've started to pray for people that have said things about me and about this church, as I've started to pray for people that Jesus tells us to pray for, and at first I'm just doing it because it's the right thing to do. At first I'm then doing it okay because, you know, you're supposed to bless them and, it's, you know, that's good. But then I want to really open my heart up to begin to pray for them. I could see God's heart for them. I could sense God's compassion for that person. There was one person in particular, and I just began to pray that God would have mercy upon them. And, they, 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 and would you be gracious to them? And as I was praying for that, I was remembering the times God was gracious to me about some, some things I'd done a long time ago that were similar that I could have hurt somebody with. And, and as you begin to open your heart to God, you, He's able to pour His heart through you. And now, you, that doesn't happen the first time you do it. You have to go and, and be committed to do this. But understand this, while you're reaching out inside of you, God's reaching into you to make that connection. He wants that connection with you. He wants that connection with you. He wants you to experience Him in prayer, to experience His heart, to experience His will, because the, the greatest intimacy you can have with God is to be in prayer for somebody else, praying His will over their lives. Just as the, the, only, the greatest intimacy we can have with one another is when we're praying together for someone else. Because what really binds us together is the same spirits in you that's in me. And when together we're praying for the same situation, that spirit begins to develop a connection between us. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to begin to pray over, I've got about six situations here and then some personal needs. And then we'll just kind of see as the spirit, as the spirit leads us. But what I want to do to begin with is I want to pray... Where is it here? Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm just going to start. No, nope, I lost it. Here it is. Okay. We haven't uh, prayed that Unite 714 prayer for a while. There were some things that they were praying I wasn't totally in agreement with, and then I just got distracted from it. So I looked at this week's, and it's very apropos of where we are right now. But let's just, just kind of follow me as we come to the Father in prayer. Father, we, we, just, we come to you tonight together. Those of us that are, that are here in this room and those of us that are, are joining online. And we just want to remind ourselves who you are that we've come to talk to tonight. You are the God of all creation. You are the Almighty God. There is nothing that is difficult for you. There's nothing we're facing right now. There's nothing that's threatening right now. There's nothing that lies in front of us right now or is behind us right now 
that is, that is more powerful than you are. You've made tremendous and wonderful promises for the church. And you're the one we come to today, tonight. But this God that's also almighty is also our Father. And so, Father, we come to you tonight. Your word tells us that you're so close to us that we can call you Daddy. And so, Father, we come to you tonight. We come to you with great confidence that because we come in Christ, because we come in His name, because we are one body together with Him, it's as if He is coming to you for these situations and for whatever else you may lead us to pray for. So we can have the same confidence right now in this place, wherever others are watching right now, we can have the same confidence right now that Jesus has right now that you're listening to Him, that your eyes are upon Him, us, that your ear is open, and that you're ready to engage with us to do a spiritual work in these situations, in the lives of people, in this nation, and in this church. And so, Father, help each one of us tonight to have a taste that you really are here, You're really in us. You're really waiting to work through us as we come to you for these needs. We don't have to talk you into something. You're not way up in heaven and we're hoping that you hear. You are literally right here with us and you are right here in us and you're ready to go. Lead us by your spirit tonight, Father, as we pray. Father, we're joining ourselves tonight with those around the world that this week are praying this particular prayer. And so, Father, we trust you as we pray this. Heavenly Father, we have been assailed by external enemies on every side. A brutal pandemic, terrifying disasters, economic breakdown, and polarizing division. Yet, despite the realities of these clear and present dangers, The places described by the Apostle Paul have even more deadly foes. And these are the powers and principalities and angels that fell with Satan, that deceive, that blind, deceive, and torment precious human beings who we've been called to reach with the gospel. We cannot defeat these powers on our own. And you have chosen to exercise your authority through us. So, Lord, open our eyes to the reality of the spiritual conflict we have been called to fight. Give us the faith we need to engage this battle through prayer. We also cry to you with one voice for a sweeping move of your spirit that will drive back the darkness of our communities, our cities, and our nations. Almighty God, you promise through the prophet Isaiah to destroy the deception and the darkness covering the nations of the world. We claim this promise today, knowing that we have come before you in prayer in the name of your Son, Jesus. We have authority over the works of darkness. In a world seemingly dominated by moral degeneration, political divisiveness, ideological deception, and bitter hatred, we stand in faith on the promises and the power of Scripture. In Jesus' name. We boldly come before you crying out with one voice 
with millions upon millions of believers from 180 nations. Lord, pierce the shroud of deception that veils our world. Embolden us to proclaim the gospel, drive back COVID-19, and shake our world with revival power. Amen. Father, we come to you now on the things that you've been leading us. We begin tonight, Father, to pray for the last thing Jesus prayed for when he met with his disciples, when he went into that garden, before he got on his knees and prayed for his own, his own passion that he had to go through. And his prayer, Father, was that you would cause your church, his body, to be one, so that the world would know that you sent him and that they would know that you love them as much as you love him. Father, we come to you now in a church like almost all churches where there are divisions. There are, there are disputes within families. There's divisiveness among some families. There are people, Father, that are having trouble forgiving other people. There may be people that are holding grudges. And we've got segments of our congregation, Father, that are struggling with bearing the burdens of others and with with forgiveness of that. And so Satan, Father, has an open door into the lives of many of us through these divisions and divisiveness. And Father, it's crippling to the body of Christ. And we pray not just for this body, Father, but for your body, especially in this area, in this region. There's even divisions among the churches that don't speak to each other, don't trust each other. And Father, it looks hopeless as we look at these situations. And yet with you it's not. Because these things can be healed and can be cured and can be, can be brought into that unity by your Spirit. And only by your Spirit. Because only He, Father, can get in through the walls of people's hearts and touch their innermost being. Only He can open their eyes to see where they are in your eyes and what's happening and what's, how this hurting you and how it's hurting the work that you want to do here and in other churches. So Father, open our eyes to see the church as you see it. Open our eyes to see that we really are the body of Christ. Open our eyes to recognize and to see that we are greater together than we are individually. Open our eyes to see how much we need each other. Father, we know it in our minds. We say it over and over again, but help us to really know it in our hearts. And Father, as we face the challenges that lie in front of us, as we go into this holiday season, as we face the challenges that that face us as we go into into a new year where we have no idea what we're facing. Father, may may we come together out of this awareness of our mutual need for one another. May we come together, Father, and to form in us a love 
that goes beyond our comfort zones and a love for one another that goes beyond our, our prejudices and goes beyond our, 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 our preconceived ideas and, and goes beyond every other boundary that we have built up and that Satan has built up and that the world has built up. That we would truly be one. Father, we pray for Faith Christian Center because we have a special opportunity here because you brought together in this fellowship and in this community people from different backgrounds. They come here, Father, not because they have things in common so much outwardly, but because they have a desire to grow and learn and to serve you and to worship And you've done an amazing thing to bring us together. But it's only a beginning. Help us to see that it's only a beginning. And Father, this is your heart. You've shown me this is your heart, Father. And now we come together with your heart and we pray together with you that your, your kingdom would come here. That your will, the fullness of your will, would be done in this, this community of believers, Father. In our, in our times together, Father, in our, in our times together in prayer, in our, in our times together of worship, Father, that, that we, we would have a sense of, of oneness with you and with each other that will bring in the presence of God, the sweet aroma of God in our worship, Father, where we really come and meet with you, and sense your presence here. And by that, Father, you release your power and your love and your miracles. Father, bring us together in that oneness, Lord. Begin to, to sow into our hearts a desire for that, a willingness for that. And then ultimately, Father, that we would grow to the place of coming together as one in prayer as one in prayer to you for this nation, as one in prayer to you for the communities around us, as one in prayer to you for an outpouring of your Spirit before, before Jesus comes back, Father, that it would usher in a great and final harvest of souls before the curtain closes and this era ends. We thank you for that, Father, tonight. We thank you for that, Father, tonight. We pray, Father, that you would bring healing into families where there's divisions. Healing into marriages, Father, for this time, the stress that we're going, people are going through right now. That stress brings out weaknesses, Lord, that may have already been there. Being forced to be together more than normal. Father, that brings out stress in some situations where there's weaknesses. Father, there's situations in families where there's been terrible hurt and pain brought about. It may have been through infidelity. It may have been through through sense of betrayal. It may have been through just distancing, growing. It may have just been through the issues of life that got in the way of what was once a strong relationship. Father, we pray for healing. We pray that you would open the eyes of husbands. Open the eyes of husbands and their hearts, Father, to be open to care for and love their wives 
at a deeper level that will communicate that love and acceptance and that safety. We pray for wives to respond, Father, with the respect and the honor that, that their husbands need and that they, that they need to hear and have and bring healing. Father, we pray for healing in families where there's division between children and parents. Father, especially in those older children that may be in their teens. And they're beginning to, they're beginning to flex their, 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 their independence and they're beginning to flex and question what they believe and why they believe. Father, we pray for understanding and wisdom for the parents. We take authority over fear, Lord. Fear will not dominate in those situations. Instead, the love of God and the peace of God will rule and reign in those homes. We pray for fathers and mothers, the grace of God to to be upon them, to, to minister to their teenagers, Father, to show your love for them and to show your your guidance to them. We pray, Father, for younger children, Lord, where they've been hurt by the struggles going on in the marriage. We pray, Father, that you would bring wholeness and healing to them. We pray for families, Father, tonight, where they're blended families, Lord, where they're coming out of hurt and pain and they're maybe not fully recovered as they've entered into a new marriage and a new union, Father. And we pray for grace, grace. Yes, grace, grace, Father. We pray for your grace in those situations where they're dealing, Lord, with children that have come to come into these marriages from other relationships, Father, and, and they have to be brought together into one household. And there's a time of adjusting, and that can be challenging and difficult. Father, your grace. We speak grace. We speak grace. Your grace. Your heart. Your presence, Father. Pray for peace. The peace that passes understanding. We pray for grace for those parents, Father, as they make those adjustments that the bond of love that brought them together will rise up strong in them. And your Spirit, Father, will guide them and direct them and bring peace. Father, we pray there's some families out there that are struggling with young children that are experiencing it may be autism, it may be some other it may be some other mental or emotional condition that challenges in this time of great patience, challenges the patience of their parents. We pray for healing in those situations, Father. Healing. Healing, Father. Your healing, your grace into those situations, Father. Bring wholeness to our families. Wholeness to our families. 
For, Father, they're the bedrock of this community, of our strength of this community, Father. Satan has launched a vicious attack. And in this time of stress, in this time of pressure, in this time when fear tries to work its way into already difficult situations, we pray, Father, for your grace. Satan, as we read in this prayer tonight and we know from the scriptures, Jesus has given us his authority over you. And in his name and in his place, we come against the spirit of strife and the spirit of division that's worked its way into families, into marriages, into households to separate children from parents and husbands from wives. We take authority over that spirit of strife and the spirit of division in the name of Jesus. We curse your work and we command you to come out of those homes. We command you to be bound in those situations and we declare in the name of Jesus you will not prevail. That tonight is a turning point. Tonight is a turning point. Tonight is a turning point in those marriages and in those homes in those families. Father, we pray for fathers tonight. Fathers to become leaders in their home, spiritual leaders in their home. To give them wisdom of how to lead their family in prayer, how to lead their family into the Word of God, how to lead their family. Father, you've called them, you've anointed them, you've gifted them to do this. Now bring to them a confidence and a boldness to step out. We pray tonight, Father, for older children that have grown and have left home. Some of them have been raised in this church. They've been raised in families that serve you, raised in families that love you, that have dedicated their lives to you, and yet somehow they've drifted away. They've drifted off onto their own and they're, they're out there and maybe they've questioned what they were taught in their childhood, whatever it is. Father, we pray for them. There's a whole generation of them out there. We pray for them, Father. Your heart goes out to them tonight. You love them. They're precious to you as well as even more so than they're precious to their parents. And Father, we call upon you to open the eyes of their understanding. The Word of God has been sown in their hearts. They've heard the Word in church. They've heard the Word in their homes. They've had the Word sown into their hearts. Now, Father, we ask the Holy Spirit to water that Word, to bring back to their remembrance. Father, there may be prodigals out there that have to come to the end of their own efforts, to come to the end of their own willfulness, to come to the end and wake up and realize where they are and that they are not at peace and they are not happy and having taken their lives into their own hands is not turning out well. Satan, we bind you from them. God's word says you are the one that blinds the eyes of the unbelieving that they not see the glory of the gospel, the light of the gospel. It's in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we 
bind you today. We take authority of you that is binding their eyes and we command you to release your hold and your assignment over them. And we come in Jesus' name against you and the authority of that name. Father, we ask you to visit these young adults. If it's an angel, if it comes through a person, however you know the right way that will work. Father, we're calling upon you in Jesus' name tonight. In Jesus' name tonight. Father, whatever it is right now that's drawing the attention of families, of believers, of, the old, of our older generation, our younger generations, whatever issues of life right now that are pulling at them and drawing their attention away from you and serving you in this time, Father, we pray that you would bring strength and healing and your grace into those situations for your calling us together. And Satan would use those issues of life that are real, but he would use them to drain our energy. He would use them to distract and divert our attention. And Father, your word teaches that as we put you first and put your kingdom first, that the personal needs that we have will be taken care of. And so, Father, we come to you tonight and we pray. You have put this church, this body here at this time for such a time as this for your purposes. And the other churches that we have relationship with and that we may not even know that are around us, you have put them here also for your purposes for such a time as this. And Father, with the midst of all the pressures and all the issues going on right now and all the threats, we pray for boldness. We pray for a boldness of the Spirit, Father, that your people will rise up strong and they will catch your vision for what you have put us here to do. And Father, that cannot be done by preaching alone. It cannot be done by, by fellowship groups alone. It can only be done by the power of your Spirit working in us and bringing us together. So open our eyes to see the hope of your calling for our life that's in Christ Jesus. Give us clear vision, Father, because as we focus on that vision and we run after that vision, that it puts everything else in perspective. For, Father, you've not put your church here to just survive, but you've put your church here to overcome and to finish the course and the race that you have entrusted to us. And we cannot do that in our own self, in our own strength, but only by your Spirit. Father, as we pray tonight, we ask you, Lord, to do what we pray so often, because this is all only by knowing your love for us and loving one another. And so we join together with what Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And we pray tonight, Father, that you would strengthen us in this place, in this body, in this fellowship, would strengthen us with might 
with boldness, with His power through your Spirit in our inner man. That Christ may actually dwell in this place and live His life in His will through us by faith. That this body, being rooted and grounded in love, might come to know, together with each other and with all the saints, the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that passes understanding, that we may be filled with all of His fullness, all of your fullness, now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly, (laughs) abundantly beyond all we're asking tonight, according to the power that works in us. And finally, Father, we pray as we read tonight in this prayer, help us to realize with all the issues that come at us from COVID-19 to the aftermath of this election and issues that are still being fought out and, and people upset at each other and voicing their opinions and all these, all these issues that become fuel for strife and division. Open our eyes to recognize that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers in heavenly places. That what's going on is a spiritual war. And our enemy is a spiritual enemy. It's not one another. Help us to recognize this, Father. And to recognize that we have weapons, some of which we're using tonight. Spiritual weapons that are mighty for pulling down of these strongholds for you. Help us to have spiritual eyes to grow up and to mature and to get beyond our flesh and our carnal thinking and our fleshly selfish will and agenda and desires and wills and begin to grow up and to seek what you want in our lives and in this body and in this time and in this place where you put us. Thank you so much for your grace, Father your grace and your mercy. We thank you so much, Father. I've got several prayer cards here we're going to pray for and then I'm going to just release you to pray a little bit. This is a request for prayer by the Mello family. It doesn't give details, but there's a fight against cancer. And just to ask you to agree with me in this, Father, we just come on behalf of this family You know the details and we don't need to know them. But we know this, that cancer is a spirit. And we've been given authority over that spirit. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, in His place, we take the authority that He's given us and we come against that spirit of cancer in this family. And we declare in the name of Jesus, you will progress no more. We command that spirit to leave to come out of their bodies and that family, and we speak health and healing from the effects of that cancer in the name name of Jesus. (laughs) 
Here's a prayer request by, a, 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 I think it's a great-grandson for his great-grandmother, that she, she's had a stroke, and her great-grandson wants us to pray for healing. So, Father, you, you know this great-grandmother, and this, she's beloved to this, great, this great-grandchild. And so we honor the request, Father, as you do tonight. And we just pray for a total healing from the effects of that stroke. That there will be a complete return to all functions mentally and all functions physically, Father. And we just thank you that there will be no depression. We just thank you for a full and a complete recovery. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Here's prayer for a young man, and I know the situation, for who's, who's a young man who's battling alcoholism and, and has had successes and then slipped back at times. And so, Father, we come together. We bind ourselves together with this family, which I know has been praying. And we pray for this young man, Father. We come to you in the name of Jesus. And we pray that you would continue to give him strength within that you would continue to guide him every day when he gets up, Father, and he senses that strength that comes only from you. We pray that you continue to bring across his path people that will support him and encourage him. Father, we pray for his family, Lord, that you continue to encourage them and strengthen them and give them wisdom to support and help. And finally, we take authority over that spirit of alcoholism. And we declare in the name of Jesus, this young man's soul, his mind, his body is off limits to you. We plead the blood of Jesus over him. And Satan, you cannot cross the bloodline because that blood has paid for this young man's sin and you have no access to him any longer. And we declare and plead that blood over him and over his body, his mind, his soul, and his spirit and in everything around him, in the name of Jesus. We declare that if any spirit tries to get near him with that temptation, that that blood will ward it off like a a magnet, reverse magnet. A force field will push it off, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want to pray for a baby. There's a six-month-old child that's in the hospital right now with seizures. Now the doctors are running tests and they've, the last I heard, they can't find what it is, but the child continues to experience seizures. And I've been praying for this child for several days now, so we're going to join together. Father, we come to you on behalf of this child, this baby. The name's Tracy. We come to you on behalf of this six-month-old baby. Father, it's your, it's your will that this child grow up normal. You did not bring this child into the world to suffer from seizures. You did not bring this child into the world, Father, to suffer from any kind of malady. And so we come to you, Father, as your representative in this situation, and we take authority over that spirit in the name of Jesus. And that same spirit that cast that boy into the fire, that the the disciples could not cast that demon out, but Jesus did, we come in the name of Jesus. And we command that spirit 
spirit to come out of that child, whether that, however that spirit's involved, in the name of Jesus. And we speak to that child and declare that that child will be normal, that those seizures, they must stop in the name of Jesus. And we declare that this child will grow up and become strong with no ill effects, that that child's mind is whole and strong. We declare that that body, that child's body's electrical system, nervous system works properly and those muscles react only to what they're supposed to react to. And we declare that this child is free from any epilepsy. We declare this child is free from any seizures. In the name of Jesus, we declare that so. We declare that so and we thank you, Father, for it. We thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name. Well, we're going to take, we only have a few minutes left. We're going to take a few minutes now and just let you go ahead and pray whatever is on your heart right now. Maybe it's some of the things that we prayed for right now. Maybe you came here with something on your heart to pray for somebody else. And then we'll just kind of come together in just a few minutes and then we'll close with a final prayer.
Father, we thank you for this time we've had together. I thank you for the people that have come tonight here and taken the time to come tonight here and those that have come online and have stayed with us, Father, for this in your eyes, in your heart, is the most important thing we do. And we thank you, Father, for the privilege that we have, that you would invite us, that you would call us into this relationship of praying together with you. May others begin to hear the call. May our ears be open to hear the call and the draw as others have already heard it, Father. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Father, that we know tonight that you have been listening. We know tonight that you've heard us. And that means according to your word, we know that you are already at work to bring about what we have called upon you and asked you to do. And so we trust you tonight, Father. We trust you. We thank you for the things that you have done and are doing. And we just put these issues and cares into your hand right now. We make ourselves available, Father, that you may touch some of our hearts tomorrow or the next day to begin to pray for some of these things along with others. And we thank you for that privilege. I thank you, Father, for the people that have been involved tonight. And I just ask you to bless them because they've loved you and love others enough to give of their time and their faith and their heart tonight. And for these things, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. I just felt while we, we were praying individually and I was praying in the Spirit, I just felt the Lord telling me to encourage you when you get up first thing in the morning, just begin to talk to Him. He's there. He's been waiting. He's been waiting for you to talk to Him. I shared some of this with our staff this week, and I've told this story a a number of times before, but it's been a long time. Years ago, well, it's probably about 15 years ago now, uh, we went, our family went to Disney World on a vacation, and we rented a house together. And it was Anita and I, our two youngest boys, twins, which were uh, in college then, they would jump at any excuse to go to Disney World. And then our oldest son, who serves here, Chris, and his wife, Jen, who's the principal of our school, they came with us, and they had, uh, uh, Emma was then three years old, and, and their Jonathan was just, I think, a year and a half or so. And, and uh, so it was a great time for our family to be together. And, and little Emma, three years old, and she's 17, and she still feels the same way. She's such, such a special relationship with her grandmother. And I got up that first morning, and she was just thrilled to be in the same house with us. And, and so as I'm coming out, trying to find a cup of coffee, little Emma comes up, and she calls her Nama. She said, can I go in and wake her up? And I said, oh, she'd love that. So she went in, still in pajamas with her hair like this, and I watched her. She went over to the side of the bed, and Anita was asleep, facing out still asleep and Emma just stood there waiting so in love with her grandmother and didn't want to wake her up and disturb her but she couldn't wait 
for the moment when her grandmother opened her eyes and she was waiting there. And I felt the Lord say, that's what He does every morning with each of us. He's just waiting. Just waiting when you open your eyes to say, good morning, Father. Good morning. Thank you for the night. I want to go through this day with you. Show me how. If you don't know how to do something, just ask Him. He wants to teach you. But it only happens as you just press through the flesh and just make yourself spend that time with Him in the beginning of the day. But understand He's there. You have His attention. He's trying to get yours. And He wants to develop this relationship with you. That's why He made man to begin with. And everything He's done since the fall is to restore us back into that intimacy with Him. But it's something He wants you to experience, not just know by faith. And that happens in just your personal prayer time with Him. So I wanted to encourage you, whether you're walking on, watching online or, or you're here, just begin to do it. If just five minutes, ten minutes. And as you begin to taste Him, that He's really there, it doesn't become a work anymore. It becomes the joy of your day and of your life. In a moment, we're going to pray over We don't receive the offering here, although you can give that at the back or online. We'll pray over it. But there may be somebody watching tonight. Maybe you're here, but maybe you're watching tonight and you've never invited Christ into your life as your Savior. Maybe you've been raised in church. You believed all your life that Jesus is the Son of God. You may have been taught to believe that He died to pay for the sins of the world. And that's wonderful. You should believe that. But that's not enough. You have to come to the place where you realize you need Him as your Savior, not just the Savior of the world. And I remember when I was about 35 years old, that dawned on me. And one night in my living room, I realized I needed to ask Jesus to come into my life and receive Him as my Savior, the one that paid for my sins. And I did that that night. I didn't know how to go about it. I just cried out from my heart and and asked Him to come in. I didn't even know whether He was real or not. And the moment I opened that door of my heart just a little bit, He came in with His presence. He came in with His life and His forgiveness and His love. If you're watching tonight or maybe you're here tonight and you've never done that before, I want to help you. I want to lead you in a very simple prayer. And, and, and maybe you've done that before, but you've wandered away from Him and you, you just need to come back. He still loves you. He's not angry at you. So if that's you, just and I'm going to ask everybody here to join with me, just repeat this prayer with me. Say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. You know everything I've ever done, everything I've ever said, everything I ever thought. For whatever did not please you, I ask you to forgive me. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Make me clean in your sight. Jesus, I call upon you to come into my life as my Savior. And I take my life as it is right now and I put it into your hands to be Lord. Fill me with your Spirit that I may live strong for you the rest of my days. Amen. 
If you prayed that tonight online or here, or to, to here, if you're here, you can go around to the common ground and Pastor Mike will be around there and give you some materials. But if you prayed that online, I want you to call our office tomorrow because we have some material we want to send out to you, a book we want to send out to you to give you a better understanding tomorrow of what you've done here tonight. So call our office. The number is 508-336-4110. 508-336-4110. And then tune in on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Or be better, be here on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock because we're gonna, we're, we, have a, we have something very special for you. And we'd love to have you join us. Join us for our worship and the time we have together. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you all for being here tonight. Let's stand together right at the hour, Pastor. Oh, all of you guys, thank you. If you just close with a little worship and then we can be, you can dismiss us. Let's sing the cross as the final word. The cross has the final word. Yes, it does. Hallelujah. The cross has the final word. Sorrow may come in the darkest night. Sorrow may come in the darkest night. But the cross, the cross has the final word. Let's sing it one more time. The cross has the final word. The cross The cross. the cross has a final word. Sorrow may come. Sorrow may come in the darkest night. But the cross. The cross has a final word. Oh, yes, sorrow may come. Sorrow may come in the darkest But the cross. Have a good night. We'll see you Sunday.